So for today's episode, I have got a newer friend and colleague on the show. His name is Mateo Lopez. And Mateo is a real interesting cat. I mean, we're talking from Columbia University studying philosophy into the micro gym industry. He is the co-host of the Gym World Worldwide podcast with John Franklin, but he's also the co-founder of Kilo with John Franklin. Kilo is a member management software and marketing solution for gym owners. I first came on the Mateo, someone had sent me an episode of a two brain business podcast way back in the day. And I was listening to it and the context of what was being said was great, but I was like, who the hell has got this sexy fucking voice? Well, it was Mateo fucking Lopez. So Mateo's on, we sit down, we just kind of talk his history, kind of how he got in the industry. We talk Kilo, we talk marketing, good dude, great industry knowledge, really enjoyed the conversation. And I hope you do too. What is up, everybody? It's Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. You got to come in really hard with the consonants, Mateo. That's the key. Going mm. hard with the consonants, and uh, they like that. But anyway, I got Mateo Lopez here, and Mateo and I are uh, our recent um, colleagues. Uh, New friends. Me. Yeah, we're we're fr- we're definitely friends. I'm coming down to visit him. Um, you're in Ju- Are you in Florida? You're in Florida. Where Jupiter as well. I am one block away from John Franklin. You are okay. So. You and John, okay. You and John Franklin, and then the Frezes are all taking. You guys are just going to take over Jupiter. Yes. Well, the uh, Frezes, yeah. They're I mean, out. yeah, he's taking he, it out. Yes. He's taking, well, he's taking out Trailer Park, the Trailer Park. World yes, in, in North Carolina. Yeah. And yes. fucking Freza. I love that episode you guys did. Anyway, for you guys listening, uh, if you don't know, uh, Mateo co-hosts a podcast with. Uh, Johnny Boy Franklin, um, Jim World Worldwide. Did you guys yeah. name that after Prestige Worldwide? Was that the the gimmick? Yep. I oh love yeah, it. that's definitely a tip of the hat to to Step Brothers. Yes. So I yes, love that. You, you nailed it. So you host that, but you know where I fucking wreck it? Like the first time someone said your name, I didn't register. Then I heard your voice. I remember I listened to an episode that uh, you would do all the marketing podcasts for Coop. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. that was the voice because yeah. you, you do. You have a you're you're a beautiful man. You also have a great voice. <laughs> Thank you for this oh, podcast. Wow. Oh geez. There okay. are some dudes that just have a really good podcasting voice. You're one of them. And uh, I remember, like, I know that voice because I remember anytime it was like very specific with marketing stuff, that voice would come on. So yeah. talk to me a little bit. Like, what? How did you get synced up with Coop and Two Brain Business? Yep. Yep. Well, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on and thank you for the kind words. I actually don't like the sound of my voice when I hear it, um, especially on podcasts. There's a lot of ums. There's a lot of stuttering, uh, but I appreciate the the compliments. So I'll try to say this in a way that's different than the version that John Franklin gave because our stories are very intertwined. Uh, John, uh, who's my business partner now, but he was also my first employer. It was the first job I got out of college was... Um, coaching at his second location. And so, um, and we can go into that later, but basically the way I found Coop was the way John found Coop. So we, when I was working at the the gym by CrossFit, uh, John ended up being a client. He signed up for mentorship and by proxy, everyone on staff was involved in the, in the, the incubator program is what it was called at the time. And, um, and so, yeah, it was be, it was through just being, uh, disciples, that we got involved. Um, and yeah, it changed, it changed the gym. It changed the way I kind of approached managing the gym at the time. And, um, the one piece that was kind of missing from that curriculum was, uh, the paid ad aspect to it. A lot of Coop stuff at the time was focusing on retention, focusing on SOPs, I think was a big, yeah. Affinity marketing, pumpkin plan, and SOPs, honestly, standard operating procedures, that was probably, I think, uh, the thing that uh, blew everyone's mind and I think is honestly the most impactful thing, too, if you're just starting out. So, um, But that was the focus of the curriculum, and it wasn't so much about paid ads, and or, or there wasn't any talk of paid ads. Coop used to be pretty anti. Uh, his first blog, as I'm sure you know, was don'tbuyads.com. Um but for us, it was something that was really transforming our gym. It was something that, um, and at the time, you know, you know, Facebook ads were cheap. So it, we, we had a six-week challenge ad. We had a video. We had a landing page. 
learning to do all that stuff really transformed the gym. Uh, and we were able to just grow. Um, what year was this and, where you feel like you really, you had cracked that code? What year? I think it was 2017. I'm, I'm thinking it was 2017. Yeah. How, so I had clients. Oh, actually, I want to ask one question before I leave mine. Yeah, yeah. What was, what is John Franklin's worst characteristic as an owner? Like as a boss, what was the thing that would just chap your deck about working for John? Um, uh, I, th <laughs> I think the, the part that was, well, it's the thing that's still frustrating today. Honestly, he moves so fast. He love and he's, he, he, he's, he's really fucking good at learning and applying principles he's learned to make changes quickly and and he just he knows how to execute and he knows how to take action on an idea um and so when he gets onto something new we're all shifting gears and so at times that can be frustrating when you're just trying to stabilize or you're just trying to um build a process for something and now we're moving on to the next thing. We're breaking that process. And we're building a new one. So um, I think that is a, a lot of the value he brings in, in our relationship and to and every business I've been involved in with him is his visionary thinking and his ability to, uh, yeah, break new ground. But at the same time, that can be destabilizing, you know, when you're and that's the other thing, the process part. There was no process because we were always moving quickly. We were always innovating. We were always changing things. And so that that's the yin and, and yang. It was like in the job, or you just gave me the answer, like in the job interview, like what's your biggest character flaw? Yes, like, well, I know. sometimes I'm just so committed to a project that I can't accept the failure. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. John's, no. I get it. John, and I get, I, I get that feel for John uh, without ever having formally worked with him. I do get a feel that he is... Uh, he likes to, yeah, move fast and break things. I can, I can see that. Yeah. At, literally if it's January, it's Christmas break was always like going home for vacation to see my family or whatever was always tough and stressful because it was like, come January 1st, he's, he wants to start a new business. He wants to open a new gym or he wants to start a marketing company or he wants to start like, you know, or he wants to buy a website company or, he, or now we're building. So yeah, it, it's, it's come January is when he starts getting itchy and the, and uh, that's, that's yeah. So that was, so in doing so that, that was part of the, what uh, enabled us to start doing the marketing stuff because yeah. he saw you know, the, the new you stuff and then Hormozy stuff. It was like, I think we can do this. And I, you, ever get you know, behind we any together. lines on that. I got, so I had, I had, I can't even tell you how many different logins I had for Hormozy stuff. Cause I had clients that came in who are still paying the 16, right. Um, they're still paying their monthly, whatever big on that. And they still had access to it and they'd be like, here's the login. And I would just go and look in and, I mean, I swear to God, I feel like some, it's so funny, like making courses like at MGU and like how much detail, but it, there were literally videos of Hermosi at a Starbucks talking to his laptop, walking you through the Facebook ads. The quality was the biggest dog shit. Yeah. But the context at the time that was like, no, like that hadn't been done except for like John Loomer. Um, do you guys ever get yeah. any lines in that and like get in as a, like see the behind. So you knew what you had to compete with. Um. No, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think at a certain point, maybe we saw some of the things, but for us, it really just started with like, I think I can make this script a little different. And I, I think that was the kind of the approach, as you said, like, you know, a lot of this stuff is not new, like, you know, following up with people after they opt in, you know, texting them or just like having a sales script, like, it was new to us because we never thought of processes. We never thought of sales. But once you like you start reading a couple of sales books, like, oh yeah, this stuff's not new. And so for us, like something I wanted to do was actually make it polished. Like, so when I recorded tutorials, I wanted to make it look nice. And it wasn't just the iPhone holding it. Like I want it to be accessible. I want it to be digestible too. So that's when, um, you know, uh, I guess to go back to your original question, right? 
how do we get linked up with Coop? So we were running these ads, we were growing our gym. Uh, and we went to Coop. We're like, well, hey, you guys have given us so much and changed our business in terms of standardizing some things, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, helping us hire and 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 increase our prices, all that stuff. So can we show you this? This is what we're doing to attract clients. Can we show you kind of this blueprint? Let me let us test it on, you know, 10 gyms or whatever. I, I don't remember what it was at the time. Let's test this on this group of gyms. And if they get results, maybe we can add this to the curriculum. And um, that's basically how Two Brain Marketing was formed. It became this kind of, uh, you know, an add-on to his curriculum where after you kind of go through that initial incubator phase um, and you, you know, learn a little bit about standard operating procedures, learn how to retain, now you're ready to try your hand at, at some more aggressive marketing uh, with Facebook ads and things like that. And so that's that's how that started. And then from there... Um, yeah, the, the Coop wanted us to do a podcast for it too. So I would, part of it was interviewing people who had gone through the curriculum on the marketing side. Uh, and some of it was just, uh, with Workington, uh, Mike Workington and just talking, talking landing pages, talking ad copy, talking images, all that stuff. How, um, how does that work? So you guys come across this thing and you bring it to Coop because Coop's got the audience and the trust and a bunch of gym owners. Did you guys ever think about standing up your own business like that? Or like, how, like, I'm very curious and disclose as much or as little as you want, but like, how did that arrangement come about? Cause you were still, you know, it's not like you were having ownership in this. So essentially how did that work? Yeah, it was kind of that exactly what you said it was we kind of reached a point where we're like all right do we spin off and create our own agency do we create our own kind of product and mentorship group or whatever or do we just do this together in uh you know this kind of strange uh partnership and um we both all it was it was a you know a group of us kind of sat down and standing across each other at the table and it was like let's just do it together. It's like, it's fine. We can do it. And, uh, that's, that's basically how it went down. Like it was you kind guys, of, you guys were compensated based on how many people went through the program or was yeah, it like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was basically, um, yeah, we, yeah, that's exactly right. And however many people you guys went took a percentage, I'm Correct. assuming the majority, he gets some, cause he's got the audience. Yes. Got that's it. how it went down. That's how it went down. And then from there, it, um, well, yeah, we'll see how, how much more of the story do you want? Yeah, I mean, yes, well, so that. I mean, well, so I mean, did you guys? But you guys still own all the IP, or did you have to give ownership of that IP up? Yeah, so the IP we still owned. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, no. And then yeah. that went to like, I mean, I just had the Lasso guys on the podcast. Like, like, you get two brains gone through some iterations of marketing and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, from there, things just like kind of developed we, we we met kalita who was a um also a a disciple of chris's and then kind of went to join the mentorship staff and uh we asked her to help us as we had so many gyms coming through this and again process is not either of our strong suits me or john's and so uh minor john so um she helped us kind of standardize this thing and get it to a place where we could um hand it off to someone else to be in charge of because at that point we started um we started uh pivoting to the next idea which was i think at this point yeah so the, the next thing was the the websites and and gym lead machine yeah yeah i love it and, and you know if everyone you know gym lead machine and obviously we're here with kilo today yes right? yes what uh what are the stats do you have any stats on kilo you're able to share like gyms that are on the platform stuff like that uh, in terms of clients, like the, the legacy product, which is kind of the website and, and the gym lead machine, um, we have, I don't know. I stopped counting after a thousand, to be honest, we hit a thousand last summer. I think we're like 1100 now. And then, yeah, we had a beta group in the, um, in the, uh, the gym management piece, so Kilo. It's a little bit confusing having a product called Kilo and then also your company Kilo. But yeah, that that also went around and round in terms of uh, how we were going to rebrand. But yeah, uh, so in terms of that, yeah, I think we're 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 about we're getting close to a hundred now on version one, 
And uh, yeah, this year is going to be the real, the real growth year of putting people on it. Heck isn't to get into something to like, to stand up a product like that is, is not cheap. Like mind body, mind body isn't the biggest brand in the space for just for the, for any reason. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of smart people, engineers, architects, all that. How did you guys, what was your, what did your fundraising look like for this? Did you guys come out of pocket each personally? Did you guys go get a loan? Did you bring in partners that Coop invest? How did you guys raise the money and how much did you have to raise to stand up a software product like this? Well, uh, the blessing in this whole thing is that we were, we were profitable. We were profitable with Jim Lead Machine and we basically, instead of taking big dividends, uh, we just used all that profit to fund this project. And um, so we didn't really do a, a round of raising. We just had enough to bootstrap it. We had enough in the coffers and the war chest to, to, uh, to spend two years building it. And, and also our company was growing at the same time. So as we needed to spend more to hire more developers or expedite the growth, um, we had additional revenue coming in anyway to cover it. So yeah, that, that we've been lucky enough that we haven't had the pressure of, uh, you know, investors at a cap table or whatever saying, okay, I want this now. I want to see these growth numbers now, you know, essentially John and I are those people. And, you know, so we can, we can make the choice of, all right, we'll take our time with this piece or like, no, we want to do it now. And, and, um, that has its pluses and minuses. I mean, obviously the pluses are, like I said, it's a little bit less stressful and that you're not answering to some over overlord, but um, in some spaces you can't move as fast. You can't hire as fast. You can't, um, you can't build as fast. But so I think, um, I think we tried it once. I don't know how much you got into it with John when he was on with, uh, with Northstar, but we tried that route of raising money for a bunch of gym chains we were going to open and, yeah, I think ever since then we've decided, no, we'll just bootstrap it. Let's sure. do it at our own pace. And uh, it's been working out. I'm curious though, because I, and again, I got the feel from you and John, you're not, you're not trying to create the same thing. I, I've always been very in the whole member management software space. We have glorified scheduling and billing. We yeah. now have CRMs. Like, and we talked about this a little, when, um, but what do we think? Like, what is it that, what is it for Kilo? Like if you had to pick your one main unique sales proposition, what is it over the other guys? Yeah, I think we're like focused on helping you grow. Like we want to build tools that will help you grow. And um, I think, you know, before we were trying to, we thought we'd position ourselves in other ways, but I think at this point it's like, no, we want to make tools that will help you grow. We want tools that will help you attract clients, we want tools that will help you uh, book appointments and sell more clients, and then we want tools that will help you retain clients. And from the gym management piece specifically, you know, something that I'm really passionate about is uh, reporting and data. You know, for me, a lot of the other providers, and we used a lot of them, you know, when we had the gyms, it was just so difficult figuring out how many members do I have today? <laughs> like how much, uh, how much money do I have coming up? How many can, how much can I expect to, uh, you know, bring in in the next 30 days? Like it was just always, I was always customizing and clicking and dragging and exporting it to an Excel sheet. And just to find, you know, the, the metrics that matter to me. So I think for me, um, the reporting piece is really important. I'm really passionate about it. And, um, and yeah, the, the, being able to create and build however you want also, that was the other piece that was really, really important to me. So yeah, I think reporting metrics and um, and giving you the flexibility to charge how you want, when you want. Those are the two things that, that I'm, I'm passionate about, but for-, for um, That's what I'm getting into. Cause like you said, grow and I, you're a marketing guy. So I'm going to bust your balls in this. It's like push press. Focus on growing your revenue, right? Zen plan or fuel your growth. Like, like every mother, all you motherfuckers are telling me you can help me grow. And you all do. It's just like, I think the one thing I always thought was interesting. I like, like I did love Dan at push press. I've met all the guys at up launch. 
it's like, I, I think for a gym owner, I just need someone to speak. Like, again, like uh, if you guys use language like arm, right? Like not like metrics are not universal, right? Even though, even in, in regular finance industries, like there are certain like people use different metrics than other. I feel like you guys it just uh, are going to have, I think you guys are going to have just as good, if not better, these amenities and features. But it's, I think it's like the reports, if it's like the stuff that every two brain client or, and other gyms that aren't two brain that are using one of these other products have a hard time pulling this report. None of these fucking blah, blah, blah. And you guys hear that. It's like, shit, if we just, we literally just solve for the report, like the reporting alone and that, like that kind of thing alone that gym owners have a hard time with. We don't really, I mean, we don't have to reinvent the mousetrap. Right. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to do something crazy proprietary that no one else could do because that's not realistic. It just has to do it better. I've always been obsessed with the using of the word better over best. We're the best gym software. Like that's a that's a heavy fucking claim. Like, I don't know, we're yeah, no better, I, you know. No, yeah. I I think for us it's like I think it's it's grow when I say grow, I mean like make you more money. I mean, I think that's kind of the the angle for us. It's like yeah. we wanna we want tools that'll help you make more money. Like our website will help you get more leads. More leads will help you make more appointments, more appointments help you, you know, close more sales. Like all that stuff's gonna make you money. If you have uh, uh software that helps you with reporting, tells you when someone's missing, tells you when someone's like not coming as often, you can intervene. And if you can intervene, you can retain them. If you retain them, that's more money. Like that's yeah. kind of the idea with us is like, we have stuff that will make you more money. Um, but the reason kind of why I said for me, I'm passionate about reporting, but like, that's not really sexy. Like for us, like, you know, we, you know, there's other stuff like, Oh, this software, it's so easy to use. It saves you time. But like gym owners don't value their time, <laughs> you know, like that's not the thing for them. That's going to really be like, Oh yes, that's the thing I need to help me live a better life is more. Yeah. Like they're not, they're spending time, you know, well, you know what they're spending their time on. So I don't have to explain it to you, but yeah, they don't value their time. So to them, that's not like that compelling. Right. So, um, and I agree with you flower language, like growth is not, is not as clear It's like, no, for us, it's like, we want you, like, we can't promise to be the cheapest either. Right. Cause it's the race to the bottom. But for us, like you're going to make so much fucking money. It won't even matter. You won't even matter what you're paying us. Like, that's basically the idea, you know, for us, it's like, what do gym owners need more? It's like, they need more money. Like that's, that's, that's kind of where, at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? More leads is more money, more sales, more money. Like people staying longer, that's more money. That's what, that's what it ends up. Yeah. Being. I feel like if I had gym management, management software, I'd like, I'd lean in with some kind of marketing be like, listen, your members are going to be a pain in your ass. Your staff is going to be a pain in your ass. Your gym management software shouldn't be right. Yeah. Like, I, I like, I, I mean, like, it, it. It, that would be my fucking angle. Um, yeah. Can I ask you this? I mean, this is something I've realized recently and I'm completely ignorant to software and all this. It seems like with the rise of Stripe being one of the best examples of a fucking company, like if they go public, everyone's talking about like what that, the valuation of a company like Stripe, what that'll do to everyone else who sucks. Like, yeah. like you're definitely not running a business as good and structured as Stripe. Um do member management softwares hold your Stripe account kind of a ransom? Meaning the gym owner doesn't actually own his Stripe account. The member management software owns the Stripe account. And that's something I've just, I've recently come through because I get clients that are like, I'm in the middle of migration. I'm like, cool. That's pain to the deck. I, I did it one time. I was a mind body for 10 years. I did it once the Mariana tech. And I remember that being, that was 2020. And I remember being like, what the fuck is this? Walk me through that. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of the existing providers do um, kind of like house everything all in one, whether it's Stripe or whether it's another provider. Uh, in the beginning, we didn't do it that way. In fact, a lot of the current clients, they have their own Stripe basically. Like we're a, we're a, we're a parent of their account, but they yeah, still yeah. own it. Um, I think we are going to start shifting away from that. Um, but yeah, that is a lot of what I think the other providers do. And I, I get, and just like, again, like I believe in a 30 day cancellation notice for any service-based brick and mortar, right? It's not, the customer doesn't love it. I know that there's a business benefit for it. What is the business benefit for you guys owning that Stripe account? Is it a retention metric because the pain of migration is such a pain in the dick? 
Um, yeah, there's also, uh, there's a few, there's a few different reasons, but I think for us, like, uh, and the reason why we're exploring it is because you can have a little bit more control over the, the rates, the processing fees. And Got so it. that's why we're kind of exploring this route. Um, but yes, the Makes reason sense. why other people, yeah, that's why I think most of the other players do it. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I just, you know, obviously on the gym owner side, and I assumed it was something like that. I'm like, I bet you if they bring it all in house, they can maybe do more with the information. I don't know how that works, but you know, and I saw the gym owner's like, well, what if it saves me race? But what if I was, you know, I think a gym owner too, like, I want to own my own customer's billing information, which I get. And I I do. I think that like from a USP right now, if I'm a member management software company, that's something that I don't think a lot of people are doing right now is allowing you to keep your stripe. That's all yours, your, you know, um, but it's just, it's just interesting. I always like, whatever I hear, I, one of my clients is complaining about that. I'm like, I get it. I see that from your angle. I guarantee you on a, there's a business reason for this though, like a decent one. I will say also, like, if you own your own, like you're on your own too. Uh, so when it comes to fraud or when it comes to chargebacks, like you're now, you're kind of, you're on an Island there on your own too. So that's the other, that's the other reason why, like, yeah, I, I get, I get that wanting to like be the owner of your own destiny, but at the end, of, but, but also that comes to the drawback of, well, you're also on the hook if something happens. Yeah. We're, um, one thing I was always, I liked about your podcast and I've grown to very much like your podcast. I listen, I just listened. I know it's an older one. You had Keeler on. I'm a huge fan of a huge fan of Michael Keeler. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, huge fan. And I was at the gym and I literally, I'm recording audio messages where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do a reaction. That was such a good clip, what they said. I want to expand on it. I was making notes myself. Um, you guys, I thought that was such a cool episode. And, um, but I'll be honest, for a long, long time, I felt like Two Brain didn't really venture publicly outside of the CrossFit realm. And you guys, I mean, again, I know it's not a Two Brain podcast, right, with what you do there. But, uh, um, what be what brought you? What got you guys so interested in going into the other areas of the industry? Because I and again, I, I'm saying this also from a guy who, I mean, I've been going into other areas of the industry, and I used to get shit on left and right constantly for doing that when I was a CrossFit affiliate and yeah. I was making content. And now it's like I I'm so glad there are other guys poking their heads around and seeing what else the world has to offer in the fitness industry. Yeah, I think. Um... Well, Mark, we just met because we were both in New York at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and John was always really good at that. He was always really good at finding other players who are not even gurus in the space, just like doing cool or unique things um, and would reach out to them. Um, and like, I remember one of our first, like we had like lunch with just uh, Mark and Keeler. And this was, I was like, like 24. I don't know. I was, I was a baby at the time. And it wasn't even clear what, why we were having the meeting. John just wanted to meet up. And, um, we ended up doing a couple of things with them and it was cool, but yeah, that, that's just how that relationship started. And, um, yeah. And so when they started doing business for unicorns, it was a cool, just way to, uh, to meet up with, with them and then see these other models and see, Oh, wow. There's like, there's a whole other world here of the semi privates and, and whatever. Um, another example is like, yeah, there, I think it's just joining these other groups. You meet other, other people doing different models besides CrossFit. Right. So another, another example is this guy, Jack Wheeler, who are really good friends with. And John was a part of NPE at the time. Oh, yeah. And so was Jack and he was doing gangbusters and John was just like, this is weird. This is really weird. This guy lives in Red Deer, Alberta, or, or no, Calgary. Red Deer, Canada. I don't know where it is, on the West Coast or something like that. And um, in the middle of nowhere, he's doing $2 million out of this facility. What, what's going on? There's there's no one here. There's a, beat, there's a Boston pizza. That's it. So we literally flew out. I don't even know why John took me. I'm like still front desk at the time. But we flew out and... Um, we just met him and he like gave us a tour and we just hung out with him. And now we're really close. Uh, and we DM all the time about business stuff. So 
Yeah, John has always been looking curious. at other. Yeah, exactly. Curious as a why. How is this person making money? And uh, let's see what there is to learn here. And so I, that that's kind of how that started. But yes, and then to your point with Two Brain, um, you know, John does work very closely with them. He works and does marketing for Two Brain at this point. But you know, our business is separate, and so that's why Jim World were able to. Uh, talk to other people in the industry that maybe have different points of view, uh, maybe want to approach uh, the model differently. And I think that's that's been really rewarding about the last year doing the show. We just did our wrap up and we just released the episode today about our best ofs or you know our favorite moments, favorite episodes. Yeah, it's it's been really cool to just see um, what else is out there and how people are making money in the industry that's different than the way we did it. And that's that's always been something I've, I've always I've always admired about anybody in their space that could that does well, but is still curious. I, yeah. I and the best example I did the the self made summit this thing we did in Charlotte um, this conference it was it was we had a bunch of people there and I had a bunch of speakers fly in and one of them was Mike Jones who owns Alchemy three sixty five um, and our co founder. Mike was a keynote speaker. Mike was doing roundtables. And when Mike was at the table, I remember watching, he was asking more questions. Like he was like, he doesn't know anything about these gym owners. He doesn't know what they like, but he hears something. He would just, I mean, he was scribbling notes as fast as anyone that was in attendance there when talking to the attendees. And I, there's just something about that curiosity I find just so refreshing. And just like, it makes me want to be near and around those people who are generally just curious about stuff. And I feel like, it, I think a lot of it, I, I, I had a chip on my shoulder in the CrossFit world because I felt there was, there was us, fuck everyone, fuck the world, right? Like us versus everybody. And like that curiosity was like looked down upon. And I always, I always felt kind of alone in that space and be like, guys, I know this is kind of, it's not badass like CrossFit and what we do, but this is kind of cool what they're doing, right? No. And it just, and I, and I think that's kind of turning the corner now. Yeah. I mean, I was, just, I mean, just as in terms of the methodology, you become so dogmatic. Like you, like, I remember I thought, you know, it was like, you have to be doing CrossFit. You have to be eating grass-fed steak and kale. And like, that's the only thing you should be doing. And if you're not doing it, you're dying basically. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we even, there's this like moment. I remember like, I don't think like, John was like, yeah, we don't do retail because like we don't want to sell like snake oil. We want to sell results. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's why I want to work here. I want to like be with that crew, <laughs> like that mindset. And then we went and visited Jack Wheeler. And he's like, yeah, I make 10 grand a month from smoothies and I don't do anything. And we come back to each other like, I wonder what it would take to install a smoothie bar at our, yeah, yeah, at, right? our at our gym. You know, it's that kind of, it's that kind of, break. you know, sorry. It's, uh, it's belief. Breaking. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of that too, I think when you're younger too, you just like, think you figured it out. Like I, my first, like, I remember first trying to like, uh, work at a gym and it wasn't an affiliate, but it was near my school. Cause I would do this in college. I would start like trying to get, start coaching. And I was just like, no, I've done the level one. I know everything. I know everything there is about power cleans and training and like everyone here is doing it wrong. And um, you don't know how wrong you are until you can just look back, right? It takes a couple of years uh, living in New York, actually, and getting the shit beat out of you. Then then you can start to say, okay, well, there's some other ways. Maybe your way wasn't the right way and the only way. And um, yeah, and I think this last year has also been really um, emblematic of that too. And I, I've always been curious about something, and I don't know if you have any insight on this. Why is CrossFit not tap Coop to be the official like for CrossFit affiliates way? I mean, earlier than I know they finally brought them in and they did a good series of videos. I remember seeing that. And it even, I mean, everyone thinks that there's, it's an adversarial thing. I'm going to be like, good. Fuck. Yeah. They're getting someone in here to make some fucking videos and educate these people. Why do you think that that would seem like the most logical thing you could have possibly done? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know that, there's been many attempts at kind of uniting the two, the two great houses, two brain and, and uh, CrossFit. <laughs> um, many a marriage pact 
was was formed, uh, but many are broken as well. Uh, yeah, I I don't know the full story. I just know bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, there. I think Coop's been flying that flag for for so long, and and only does what he does because he wants to help gym owners and wants to help affiliates and wants affiliates to succeed. And uh, you know, same with us. And so. I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of what goes on at HQ. I still don't know. It, it, now it seems even more of a mystery of what's going on over there, to be honest. Um, See, I, to but, me, it uh, makes more sense now. I'm like, okay, they have their own, they've got Fern, they got the, you know, Fern and Ackerman, right? You know, um, they've got um, the Lannister brothers, right? They're going to go, mm -hmm. and, and those guys can go and do that a great job with Affiliate U. And they've got a guy. What's the dude that no one likes now? That's there for the affiliates. Um, you the guys Coons. put him up there as like the big, the biggest loss. The, in the Coons. Year, right? yeah, 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 Coons, whatever his name is. The Coons. Yeah, they got some in-house guys to do it. So I'm like, now it makes sense. But back then, I just thought that I, I just thought like, when, especially during Greg's era, where he was really big into SMEs. You know, before the, everyone broke off from the, you know, and there was the whole, you know, the thing. Um, I don't know. That just always there was was one thing to me. I was always like. What is no one telling us? Like, why hasn't this happened? I always thought it was like, would have been an interesting backstory that like six people know of. There probably are six people who know, and we just, yeah. I'm not one of them, not but of them. maybe, maybe we can, uh, we, if we find them, we can, we can put them on the pod together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, um, with where you're at right now, what do you enjoy the most? Like you're not a tech guy by trade. No. You're more of a marketing guy by trade. No, not not even. You are you are no. a learned market out of all the. I'm skills just a guy. What, I'm just what, a guy. So you can't just be just a guy. I'm just you, a guy. What is you get? You have to have something. What is it? I think it's my dimples. I think it's my <laughs> radio voice. I think it's my hair. Um, I don't know. I th I just fucking really liked CrossFit in 2000. Uh, what five, 15, 16? I really liked CrossFit. Um. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Like I, I, you get imposter syndrome a lot. Yes. Every day. But I really? think, um, uh, I think you're doing something wrong if you don't. Um, I, I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I, 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 also, well, I, think, I look at John. I think John's probably a really good judge of character and he's obviously, I just, I was looking at, I was just thinking as you were talking, I was like, what is like Mateo now? Like when you think of everything, like how old are you now? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 52. That's when I want to start doing. My godfather, he's been saying he's 72 for like 30 years. And he's and like, like I think he's now just awesome. he's now just 72, but he's been saying it for a long time. So that's like my new play. I'm 30, I think I'm 33. I think okay, you're 33. Um, so yeah, I think I'm 33. Again, you're you're still a young pup, right? We both yeah. are. Yeah. Slightly weathered. Um yeah. wait, wait, like today, like you got kilo going on, you're doing the podcast. When you think about like the skills you've acquired over the years with all the different like being a part, being a part of Two Brain and doing a marketing company and now the software and all that, like what's kind of your thing like going forward? Is it like, dude, I want to ride this kilo thing until someone fucking strokes us a fat check? I want to like where, what, what are you aiming towards? Um, I am aiming towards uh, uh two thousand happy gym owners on our product. And then Why that's 2000? as far. What happens then? Um, it's just an arbitrary number that kind of sounds and feels nice, you know. Uh, revenue-wise, it, it equals a nice number that seems round and nice. Um, and um, but no, it's all made up, and the points don't matter. Like it's you know, uh, I and I haven't really envisioned beyond that. Um, but yeah, I mean the. You know, it's one of those, I don't know, I guess, I mean, I think I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I think that's kind of the, that's kind of why it's hard for me to answer these kinds of questions. Cause I, I got into this just cause I really, really liked CrossFit and I thought it was, I really liked helping people and CrossFit helped me so much. And then I wanted to spread the gospel. I thought, you know, this is, this is the way to help everyone. This is how we solve diabetes and achieve world peace was like I said, through grass fed steaks and, and squats. And, um, I was able to find a group of people who thought the same thing. And for me, that was so exciting. Um, 
it was, you know, the, the, I don't know. I don't, maybe, I've, maybe I told you this or you heard on another pod, but like John's job post for the, for the coaching job was like, it was like, um, CrossFit level insert. I was like, okay, I have that. And it was like, uh, one year of experience coaching. I was like, okay, I technically have that. I can finagle that one. And then like the third thing was like, you know, uh, must have a special accomplishment. Like, uh, think, think collegiate level athlete or an Ivy league degree. And I was like, all right, well, I have that too, but there's no way anyone else in the world has all three of those things at the same time applying for this job. There's just no, there's just no way. Um, and then the rest of the post was like, yeah, it's a full-time position. I went to Columbia. So I went to school in New York. Okay. Um, and then he was like, you know, uh, and the job post too was like, you know, we're, we're, we're offering a salary. I was like, no, there's no CrossFit in the world offering a salary for a coaching job right now. And they're like, we're given like laundry service and like money for extra like education. I was like, this is insane. This is like a tech job post for a CrossFit gym. What and is this? Is this a is this Google hiring? Yeah. For? yeah like what is, is it Google? And then I looked at the, who, and I looked at the, the, the coaching uh, page on the website and it was like, you know, uh, this person, Allison James, who was there for a long time, she was like a, a, a like, like a junior Olympics, like weightlifting champ or whatever, or she did weightlifting at Yale. And then like, there's a, another good friend of ours, Ashley, who's like a physical therapist. So at the time, you didn't have physical. That's like, yeah, yeah. Never heard of yeah. that. Yeah. She, she was at, uh, she was, she learned you know, powerlifting like, at Harvard. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Ashley was a, you know, was a, was a doctor. Like there weren't, there weren't CrossFit gyms with doctors on staff at the time. Now it's, you know, PTs hanging out. It's pretty standard practice now, but at the time it was like, no one else was doing that. So I saw this, I was like, this is, this has got to be destiny. Like there's no, there's no other way. There's just no other person for this job. What so were between you me and Con Porter. What were you studying? Or what did you study? Uh, I, uh, well, I went in to do film uh, because I just, I, I, I mean, it's kind of the, the uh, my, my dad's an actor. So it was kind of the, the, the thing I was going to do. And I just didn't, and, and I, I went to a pretty artsy high school. So like I did a lot of film in high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, you're not making movies right now. You're like going to study mise-en-scene and like diegetic and non-diegetic sound. I was like, I don't, I was making movies before in high school. I can't make movies now. No. So I didn't do that. And I'm telling you, I was like lost until I found CrossFit. And then I was like, I'm just going to bide my time until I can do CrossFit things. So I studied philosophy. Um, the other and, thing is um, picking up a camera and do, making documentaries and like going the Savant route. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I think the two brain marketing stuff started. I really liked making the, you know, the video sales letters. Like I, we did that. We, we tried to do that as a business. We like, uh, we flew to a gym in Canada just to like film, um, like four different, like long video sales letters for this gym. And like that stuff's always been fun. And, um, we, anyway, so you can find the breadcrumbs of it. I think in my work, uh, at two brain here in Kilo. Um, but anyway, so, but that my, how I got down this track, um, yeah, I just loved CrossFit and I found this group of people who also loved it. But for the same reason, you know, I think a lot of people do is like, you're going to change the world doing it, right? It was like this radical, as you said, fuck you thing. You know, it was this thing where it's like, oh, the the food pyramid you've been told about your whole life, it's got to be inverted. Paleo, bro. Like you've been fucking lied to. And I was like, yeah, they, in, to some respect, yeah, you guys have been lied to. Um, so it was like a revolutionary thing. Um but, uh, but yeah, as, as kind of, we all learned, like in order to stay alive, you have to learn a little bit about business, which I didn't intend on doing, but then ended up having to do out of necessity. You know, for me, it was like, no, just eat, eat kale and you'll be fine. But like, no SOPs instead. And that's how we got here. Do you, I mean, do you still like that? Do you still make movies? Do you still crave uh, filmmaking and cinema, are you still a movie buff? A little bit. I mean, I don't have as much time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's very much a part of my, 
my life. Like, like I said, my dad's an actor. Um, all my friends in LA are in the biz in some like tangential way. Um, so yeah, I, uh, and I think that's also why Mark and I get along too, because oh, oh yeah, he was almost a theater person. Yeah, I so. mean, he's a complete thespian. But even the second thespian. that, yeah. like Columbia Film School, I was like, oh yeah, I can see that. Like I just there again, it's that great voice. You got a great smile. I mean, like I was like, oh fuck, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's also, but the thing is, I I also don't like people telling me what to do, so. That's why school was always a little bit tough. And then um, it's also what was like attractive about CrossFit and, and you know, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's the one place you can kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, create your own kind of path, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you can you can break the rules and make money doing it. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, most of the time, yeah. most of the time people were were. We're mostly making money by breaking the rules. At least the good ones are, right? Like the yeah. top, like the ones that will go down the Mount Rushmores of entrepreneurship, broke the rules. Yeah. Uh, the fight, you know, and it got paid for doing so. Where uh, last little bit here before we close out, I want. I'm just. I'm, I'm super interested in you. I'm like today. You married? Yes, I am. Okay. I am married. Boom. Yeah. Boom. What? What do you like? What What do you do when you just want to fuck off and have a good time, and you don't want to think about kilo or work or anything? Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I I I enjoy watching movies. Yeah, I enjoy talking about movies. My wife, my wife uh, was a dancer, so she like didn't watch TV growing up. Like she was just like competitive ballet nonstop. Does not do anything except dance, and so like. And then when she met me, I was like, look at TV. Look how nice it is. Look, look at all the cool things you can do. So you don't have to stand um, on your tippy toes. You can sit here and do nothing. Yes, that's exactly right. And so uh, I've corrupted her in that respect. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I, I am passionate about uh, like art and movies and music and talking about those things and how it makes uh, how it makes people feel. Uh, what did you think about that? What, how did it make you feel after you watched it or Oh, you took that away? That's interesting. I didn't think it actually meant that, but that's cool. Hot take. Um, so I do I do like that stuff. I like hanging out with my dog. Um and did you and John move to Jupiter at the same time? I was recruited. No, John moved in 2019 and then we got locked down. Uh, you know, my wife and I and in New York. And um and it was the one place that was warm that we could drive to. We weren't flying anywhere. Um at the Why time, weren't you gonna fly? Didn't want to get the virus, you know. I just didn't want to catch it before the I vaccine. Okay, during COVID, I get you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was during that period, and I was with the in-laws too. So it was getting a little, oh yeah, a little spicy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, with the in-laws. So then John was like, "Look, like, where I can a... I bury them? Like, is that backyard? Is yeah. that soft soil enough? Yeah, yeah." So then we, we 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 were able to drive down. John was like, "Look, a boat. Look, <laughs> ocean. Look, water." <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. It's better than really cold Northeast right now in my studio apartment. Um, I can't go get groceries. So that's, I think that's how all that, that's how that cookie crumbled. How close are you and John outside of work? Uh, I mean, you I think this podcast, are you guys going and having like family dinner at nine? Like you do every no. like No, definitely not every week. No, but definitely, but yes, I mean, we live across like, I'm going to see him. He's going to walk around the house. He's going to walk around the block with the dogs and the babies. And I'm, I'm going to see him. He'll yeah. we'll pop up in each other's yards. You know, there's no locks here. So like, I'm just picturing like an episode of like tool time where like, you know, you guys both like share a fence and just like walk out to it. It's, it, it's, it's basically it, that. I, in my last, like I've, uh, I've only had one business that had a partner in on the real estate and that's nowhere. And it's nothing like a real business. Um, but how is what what is that like? Because I mean, you, you guys obviously are very close. I don't know your best friends or like where where the how deep that. But it seems close enough. Um, yeah. How is that on the business side of things? Um. Yeah. It's it's a unique relationship because I was his employee, right? So sure. it was, and I I am younger than him, right? So I'm like like 
he was a teacher and still is in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, but now we're partners too. So it's, it's, it's evolved. The relationship has evolved over time and it takes different forms. And sometimes, you know, they're like anything that like we've been working together in some capacity for like almost like not 10 years, but like pretty soon it'll be like pretty soon I can start saying almost 10 years. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of the only working relationship I've ever had. Um, Cause I, yeah, like I said, I started working at his gym right after college. Um, and so it's like, uh, it's like a marriage, you know, there's some great times, there's some fights, but ultimately um, it works, you know, it just works. That's great advice, Mateo Lopez. Buddy, um, thank you so much for coming on today. If So for anyone uh, who is interested in Kilo, if, listen, kids, if your member management software sucks dick, you fucking hate it, all right? It is not doing you right at all. I will say migration is a pain in the ass, but so but. is any time you have to leave a relationship when you're going to mm -hmm. quit or get fired or you're going to break up with someone. But if you move to the right member management software, it is well worth it. If someone's interested in checking out what Kilo has to offer, what should they do? Uh, you can go to usekilo.com and book a call with one of our onboarding specialists today. Yeah, or or a uh, or you, it, what, what's the best way to? It's like a, a dis, uh, uh, onboarding uh, customer care. Customer uh, care representative standing yeah. by the line, waiting exactly. to speak to you and answer your exactly. questions. Exactly. Yes. We can help you grow. We're just going to help you. We're just here to help. That's all it is. People helping people. Help you grow. You're people just getting a bunch of midgets calling you guys constantly. I didn't listen to the rest of the podcast. I just heard that grow part. What is this? What's yes, that's it. Yeah. Dude, well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time on a Friday. Come on and talk shop. Um, love what you do with the podcast. I think it's phenomenal. Absolutely love it. And I don't listen to the podcast really. So uh, that's, it's, I've, I've grown to very much like what you, the work you guys are doing. So, Oh, who does the recaps? That's why I wanted, who's doing the, the newsletter recaps. Uh, I, John has his own, which I yeah. think he writes. Got it. So that's what, and then, that's what he, okay. That's all John is sending that out. Okay. Yeah. He's got his own. I mean, he has, he has people though. He has, he has, uh, we've got Alex helping out. We've got, he's got a little, Good little team. squad. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Those reca those recaps are good. They're they're real solid. And uh, yeah, you can just tell it wasn't an AI summary. It's it's got no. It's a human. It's got, it's got personality to it. Yeah. There's a human for sure. I have any. Yeah. I mean, that's John's superpower is definitely like writing job descriptions because then he can he finds people who are just the right fit. I mean, that's 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 what it is. I mean, that's uh. And that's how we found uh, how to find Alex, how we found all these people who help us do amazing things. He's going to love. I literally, I cracked a few beers and I recorded a, I think an hour and 15 minute episode on the podcast. It drops in a week or so where visually I just did a screen share and I, I went over the worst job posting for a CrossFit gym I've ever seen. I'll, it was, I, I blasted, but it was CrossFit West Seattle. I, I apologize for CrossFit West Seattle, but holy yeah, shit. Yeah. It is the, it was the most incredibly, again, none of us are great at writing job descriptions. This was the LeBron James of shittiest job descriptions. Wow. It's so good. I got, I need to send it to you guys. I'd love this. I'd love to see a John Franklin rewritten version of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, oh, he'll do it. That's like, yeah. like I said, that's his, that's his special, that's his superpower. I think. Dude. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, buddy, we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always.